everybody. Thank you for that warm welcome. I'm Katie, if you didn't hear what Chael just said two seconds ago. I'm on the teaching team here, and if I don't know you, I would love to get to know you afterwards. So let's find each other somehow, and I want to talk to you and say hi. Um, I was just going <laughs> to make it taller. Guys, listen. <laughs> I'm just going to preach like this today while Chill fixes this for me. I love how I didn't even try to fix it. I just walked away, and I figured somebody would help me. A little bit low. There we go. <laughs> that was very unexpected. Okay, perfect. Now we're ready. All right. So we are in, like, what, six days into Lent right now. Anybody recognize that? Anybody doing Lent right now? We've talked about it a little bit. I was excited. We're going to talk about Lent a little bit today, and I was excited to talk about it not before it happens, but when we're in the middle of it, because it seems like that's when we need to talk about it a little bit. You're ever like, oh, I'm going to do this thing, or try this new practice, or give this thing up, and like four days in, you're like, this was a terrible idea, okay? So we're going to flesh out some things. We're going to talk about some things. I hope you leave encouraged today, okay? So Chael sent out this email on Wednesday. That kind of, I don't know if you saw it, but it fleshed out a little bit what um, Lent looks like and what Lent is. And so we're going to just kind of keep talking about that today. It's going to kind of go in that. Me too. Yeah. That's a big deal, okay? She only talks over Chael. So I feel like, do I also have the anointing? I'm down. Okay, very cool. Okay, so if you're not familiar with Lent, Lent is this 40-day period up until Good Friday where um, it's kind of... um, Uh, What am I trying to say? It looks, it's made to look like the um, 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness before he started his public ministry. So the, the number 40 is really significant in the Bible in general, but it's kind of this time that we can emulate what Jesus did before he began to preach and teach and call his disciples. So this was a really incredibly powerful time in Jesus's life. We kind of sometimes Uh, you know, glaze over it a little bit. Like, yeah, Jesus went to the wilderness. He had this really weird situation with the devil that, like, he got tempted, and then he was ministered to by angels, which I want to talk about today, but we're not going to, but I would like a ticket for one for that. That sounds really cool. And then he comes out of the wilderness filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll take a ticket for that as well. And then he begins teaching and um, teach about the kingdom and calling his disciples, okay? So Lent is this time that we kind of make some sacrifices ourselves. We give some things up the way Jesus gave up food and community. We're not going to give up community. But the way he isolated himself to kind of get away and take away distraction so that he could really commune with the Father. And that's that's what we're doing during Lent. Now, here's the thing that I love most about Lent, which sometimes is hard Um, For people, we love the Bible. The Word is good. We want to do the things that the Word says. I love the Bible. It is my favorite book. I'm not just saying that. There are some good books out there. But the Word is good, but the Word does not say, go practice Lent. Lent is not in the Bible, okay? That's one of the things I love most about it. Because it's this, this practice that the church at large has said, okay, we're going to do this thing just because it reflects the heart of God. Like it looks like humanity just went, I have a great idea. And it is a great idea. Just because we knew what Jesus's ministry, what his life looked like, and we wanted to do something similar, right? It's easy to do the thing. No, it's not easy. It's easy to know how to do what the Bible says, right? It's easy like, okay, the Bible says do this. Commandments say do this. Jesus says to love each other and love God. Okay, how do we do that? But this is very much like something we're engaging in that's kind of intuitive. And it kind of really calls us like, what is God's character? What does this look like to do this? And it can look different for everybody. And that's one of the things I really, really love. Fun fact here. Lent is like 1,700 years old. So just in case you thought this was kind of new, it's not. That was like the first writings we heard about it, okay? was 1,700 years ago. It's probably been longer that Christians have been emulating this time that Jesus spent in the wilderness. And I think they were doing it not just to emulate Jesus because Jesus had something at the end of that. What was it? He came out 
filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's something that we want. So we engage in these practices. We may say, I'm going to give up something. I'm going to begin to do something for this 40 days to kind of make space for God to move, to have a different kind of communion with with the Spirit, to have a different kind of communion with the Father. And I love this because it's an exercise of trust in the body of Christ. Like, I'm doing something different than you might be doing. And they can both be things that God has asked us to do. Isn't that great? Sometimes we do things, all the same things. We'll learn the same things at, the time, at a time. We'll read the same scriptures. We'll pray the same prayers. And that is awesome. But there's really something special about the unity of God saying, you specifically, I would love for you to do this with me. And you specifically, I would love for you to do this for me. And we trust you. We trust each other to hear the voice of the Spirit and to do what God is asking you to do. And that's super cool. I just like that. Anybody else? Man, we're not robots. That's awesome. That's really cool. So when Jesus entered the wilderness, one of the things I love most about it is that we have no idea what he and the Father talked about. What they do all day. What were the things that, that God whispered to Jesus at night? How did he worship and celebrate in the desert all alone? That's only for Jesus and God to know. This is a deeply personal time, but one that we can still find that unity with the Father and unity corporately in. And I'm excited to see what happens after this shared practice and devotion. But again, it's an opportunity for us to move out of this season filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm really excited about that. Real quick, another fun fact. Lent is not a test to be failed or passed. Anybody who likes passing tests, sorry, (laughs) you don't get to fail or pass this and get an A. This is a practice to make space. So I want to encourage all of us as we kind of think about Lent today to think of this season as a season of curiosity and transformation. Lent is when we ask God, what in my life may be hindering or distracting me from you? or from who I'm supposed to love, or what I'm supposed to do, and what can I do or stop doing for this season that will hone my focus on you, that will hone my trust in what you are doing, God. So one of the greatest um, verses that just encapsulates what this is, is Psalm 139. Chill sent it out with that email he sent out. We're going to look at verses 23 and verses 24, I think. Yes. So they say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me and know my heart. Know what I'm feeling. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Know what I'm thinking. Know what's going on in my head. See if there's anything that you would point out and say, that is not my best for you. That does not give me glory. And lead me in the way everlasting. What does it look like to ask God to give us perspective and understanding into why we are who we are and why we do what we do? We just spent a whole series talking about how to seek God and how to find out about his character and find out what he values and find out what he says and find out his promises. It's a little bit of a different beast to say, come look in here. Come, tell me what you see. Because I want, I want God to show me what's good. I want to show me what is less than what I deserve as his kid. I want him to show me what is less than the glory that he deserves. What does that look like? That can be really rough terrain, guys. And I was trying to think of a metaphor that explains kind of what this looks like. We just sung a lot. My voice is, I'm tired. almost lost it. I was trying to think of a metaphor that was like, what, what is this like? What is Lent like? What, what does it feel like to make this space that kind of reflects the heart and the character of God? And some of you are going to chuckle when I say this, but have you guys watched Hoarders? 
because I, anybody who has had a conversation with me in like the last four weeks, I have made some sort of comment about how Rob and I are watching Hoarders now, and we've like seen it before, but you know how you come back to an old show? You're like, man, I forgot about this show. This is hilarious. Okay, so who is like, I don't know what Hoarders is? It's okay. It's okay. I'm going to explain it to you. This is what I'm going to use time right now to explain hoarders to you. Okay, so it's this reality show where people who suffer from, like, hoarding disorder, right, they, like, accumulate things. I'm, I'm not trying to talk directly at you, but you, like, Robin, you're like, yes, I'm going to, everybody can, Robin and I are having a conversation. So they suffer from hoarding disorder, and their family, or they kind of contact the hoarders show, and they say, like, we need help. This person is like hoarding and they need help, not just like cleaning out their house, but they need help kind of um, getting over this kind of mental block that is the accumulation of stuff. And usually if you watch these shows, I mean, it can get nasty, okay? There's like, there's stuff all the way to the ceiling in these people's homes. Every room is filled. It can get real, it's really extreme, like hardcore. And you think, oh my gosh, look at all that stuff. The people don't even know half of, 90% of what's there. It's wild. And a lot of times, the hoarder has their family there kind of helping them. Their family's like, usually they're like, I've been dealing with this for years, and it's ready time to get rid of all the junk. And the person who's hoarding is like, this is a great idea, because they're like not excited about it. And so when they start on the first day to kind of like start cleaning things out and starting to work through all the things that they have, all the family members want to be like, get rid of it throw it out. You don't need it. Get rid of all this stuff. And you're watching it thinking, yes, that's a great idea. You should throw all of those things away. Like 100%. We can get you more stuff, right? That's the mentality. But they start to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is my, this is my stuff. And I kind of sometimes as we're watching, I'm like, I mean, I get that. Somebody came into my house and was like, so what are you going to get rid of? I need you to get rid of 90% of your stuff. You're like, that's a lot of my stuff. Where, where? I mean, I, I'm not married to my stuff, but I kind of am. Like, it's my stuff, you know? If you think about it like that, it'd be kind of hard. But it's never as easy as the family members think it's going to be. It's always really hard for them to, like, let go because these things have become familiar to the hoarder. They've become comfortable. They've become their safety net. They've become like um, things that guard against the like loneliness they feel or pain they feel. And it's very, very real. And it's very, very hard for them to let these things go. And so who comes to help these hoarders too are not just cleanup crews and organizers and their family. They also send like a psychologist. And my favorite psychologist is Dr. Melva Green. And she's not doing it anymore, and I'm very sad. But every time Dr. Melba Green would come onto the scene, she's she's so cool. And you can't say her name. You can't say Dr. Green. It has to be Dr. Melba Green. You should watch Dr. Melba Green. She's very good at this. But the psychologist comes in amidst the the family, like, throw it out. Get rid of it. You don't need it. And they're like, hey, this seems like something you may not need. Would you like it? Or would you like to give it away? And the family's like, what are you talking about? We got all this junk to go through. This is insane. What do you just throw it all out? And they're like, shut up. They say it nicer. Like, what about this one thing? And just that one thing is hard. It's hard for the person. And they have to engage with all these feelings and thoughts and anxiety about this one thing. Should I give it away? Could I get a new one later? Is it broken? Can I even use it? but I think I want to keep it. What the family doesn't understand is that they're going through something that, that man, they, have just, they, they can't relate to. Their family member is going through something they cannot understand. But these psychologists, they're so patient. They'll say, okay, you want to keep that? Okay. They'll pick up another thing. Like, I want to challenge you. I don't think you need that. Sometimes the thing is, is not helping their health. Sometimes the things are the state of their home is making it hard to breathe, hard to live in, hard to get around. And they'll just very kindly say, this isn't good for you. This isn't what you need. You deserve to live better. You deserve to be safe. People around you love you, and they don't want you to have to live like that. And gosh, if that is not the best metaphor for God's heart for us during this season, 
we may look at our lives or other people may peek in and go, oh my gosh, just stop doing that thing. Can you just stop? Just stop. Some of us are, I, I for one, am, one of my things I'm doing is I'm practicing presence this season. So I'm, I've decided that I'm not going to look at my phone at all when I'm like in a room with somebody else. Now if I have like a call, but I, let's be honest, most of the time if I'm on my phone in a room with somebody, I'm not like making calls and doing business deals. I'm like scrolling Instagram and like whatever, playing Wordle. So, which I'm pretty good at, by the way. It's, I'm just saying, I've got like an average of three, which I feel like is pretty good. Yeah, you too? It's pretty good. So, I mean, I need to practice it, but I'm trying not to do it in a room with other people. I'm trying to kind of redirect my attention to when I'm with people and really practice being present with my family and other people when I'm with them, right? Because it's easy to kind of get distracted. And some people say, well, just don't do it. Like, don't be on your phone. It's not hard. But I've gotten into such a zone that, like, when we're watching Hoarders, I'm like, watching. Good show. Good show. Commenting to Rob. Awesome. Commercial. Phone. (laughs) Oh, we're back. I'm like not looking away from a screen. This is confession time, guys. I just, the minute it goes to commercial, it's like I'm looking at my phone. First, I can't not look, it's wild. The other day I started, this was like Friday, so it was after Lent had started, and Rob got up, I thought he was going to go brush his teeth, and so I was like, I'm going to look at my phone while he's brushing his teeth. And he like just went to the closet instead, and I'm like, never mind. He totally caught me, like trying to be like, "Are are you leaving now? I'm going to go in the other room. I have to, I've left the room a couple times, guys. But, but the point is, it's never as easy as we think it's going to do, it's going to be. To say, God, search my heart, search my thoughts, look at my life, what do you see? We are opening up this opportunity for God to come in and kind of like, what do you think about this? Do you think this is serving me and you? Because I guarantee you guys, if it's not serving us, it's not serving him. And if it's not serving him, it's not serving us. I'm just saying. It's gonna, they're gonna line up. They're gonna be the same. So is this is this really helping you be who you wanna be and who you were called to be? Is this really helping you be closer to me? God's not blazing through. What is wrong with you? Get rid of all this stuff. Stop doing all this stuff. That would be zero percent effective. He doesn't just not do that because he loves us. He's also very smart. We are not going to give up a bunch of stuff by being yelled at. He made our hearts. He made our minds. He gets it. But like, man, he's going to be honest. He's going to challenge us. If we say, come, search my heart. It's really hard to look at people all the way. (laughs) Search my heart. See if there's any offensive way in me. Like, we have to give him permission to come into this horde that we've created of distractions, this horde of maybe sin, this horde of just ways that we have settled for less in our lives than the full power of the Holy Spirit. We have settled for less than what we are due, that God says we are owed to be with him. We are settling for less time with him. We are settling for less of hearing his voice because we've just hoarded things around us. This is what we've done. And some things, you know, it's interesting. I'm just, I'm going to keep talking about this show. Some things that people need to get rid of that are like soiled or gross are things like a couch. They probably would like a couch, guys. Their dining room table and chairs. It is good to have a dining room table and chairs. But oftentimes they're like, okay, get rid of this. This isn't good anymore. You can have this back. My phone isn't bad. It's just the way I'm using it to escape right now is not helpful. That's why some of these things, I mean, this isn't just about find the sin in your life and stop doing it for these 40 days and hopefully it'll stick, okay? This is about making some space so we can reorder our attention, right? So we can reorder our loves. So we can make sure that God is the main thing amidst the things that might not be bad but we just want God to be the main thing, right? We need him to be the most important thing. We need to make sure we've got our priorities straight. But God makes sure that we get to choose. We get to decide if we'll continue. We get to decide if we're gonna continue to be chained and burdened. We get to decide if we get to be free. 
we get to decide. Are we going to engage in this or not? Guys, I'll tell you one thing that the, I, just, I just thought of this. This just came into my head today, and I thought, man, that just feels so true. The enemy just loves for us to be terrified of repentance and correction. He just wants us to be terrified. He wants it to seem like the worst, painful, most painful thing. He wants us to think that it will just level everything in our lives. He wants us to think that repentance means that we are just castigating ourselves and ashamed of ourselves forever, and then we don't do it. We don't, we don't engage. We don't even, we're not even interested in what repentance might look like in our life. We're not even interested in discipline. We're not even interested in correction because it, like, feels so gross. Even saying those words, guys, think about it. Are you, like, inwardly, who's, who's inwardly cringing a little bit when I say discipline? Well, like, I mean, there's something in us that like, ugh. but that's because we've been convinced it has to be so bad. It has to be so uncomfortable and it will be uncomfortable. But guys, I just want to encourage you. What if this season we moved forward with a sense of curiosity? I wonder why I can't put down my phone. I wonder why I get so caught up in this I wonder why I can't stop, like, thinking about this food or this thing. I wonder why my heart reacts like that when I, when I watch TV or when I'm on, um, you know, social media comparing. Like, wh- why do I do that? So instead of, oh, my gosh, everything is wrong about me. I'm the literal worst, which I have done to myself before. We go, man, why do I do that? God, why do, why do you think I do that? And what if I... What if I took out that thing, took away that thing that caused me to do that thing? What what would happen? God's asking us to be really honest and let him be honest with what is. What are we feeling? What are we thinking? What are we doing that does not align with what he's feeling, that doesn't align with what he's thinking, that doesn't align with what he's doing? And then do something about it. Or sacrifice something. See, really, my phone thing, it's not about my phone. I noticed I am very distracted when Rob and I are together. And I don't want to be distracted. And so I got curious, why am I distracted? Because I'm on my phone all the time. Okay, well, let's stop being on our phone all the time. I don't have to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm the worst wife. I just be like, man, that's been distracting me. I don't want to do that anymore. This kind of intentional alignment is really what it means to be like Jesus. We want to align those things in a way that's transformative, and we just have to remember, instead of getting ashamed, we get curious. Now, you may have already started Lent. You may already have a thing that you're doing, and that's awesome. I want to encourage you. If you are already like, I've started, I've failed already, I've messed it up, I didn't do a good job, I want to encourage you, we're not going to give up, we're not going to beat ourselves up, we're going to say, man, why is this so hard for me? I didn't think this would be so hard. God, let's talk about why, why this is really hard for me. Help me. Show me what it is in my heart. Search my heart. I, and, and give me the, the power I need, the perseverance I need to keep going. You're not going to fail at Lent, guys. But like, keep getting curious. If this is hard, why? And do you want it to keep being hard? Or do you want God to help you do something about it? If you haven't started yet, I have news. 40 isn't a magic number. We were talking about this. It's You don't have to just do 40. You don't have to be like, well, I got to go through the Monday after Easter now to make sure I get... Nope. God's cool with 30-ish, guys. We can pick something, right, <laughs> with God is saying to you today, man, I know we haven't talked about this, but you are open right now, and I want to talk to you about this thing, about your TV consumption. Cool. Watch less TV for the next 30-ish days. Guys, see what happens. If you've already started, maybe you're regretting your choices. That is my youngest. We all decided to, like, 
sacrifice something, like give something up and like add something, right? Like something we wanted to do more of, something we wanted to turn our attention to that was more intentional, spending time with God or with family. And my youngest was like, she picked something, I don't remember what it was, something about screens. And she comes to me like an hour later, she's like, change my mind, don't want to do it. I was like, why? What? What, like, what, make, come on, like, you can do it. If you thought of it, it might be important. She's like, no, it just, oh, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to give that up. That seems stupid. And at the end of the day, I, again, I was like, okay, I'm going to, you, you do what you think you need to do. We're still going to do our family things together, but you can change it. I don't let her change it. It's okay. But I did ask, isn't that interesting, Lily? Let's get curious. Okay, why did you want to change so quickly? That's okay. We might regret our choices. But again, just why? Why is, why is it hard? Why is it painful? I really like that we kind of have these first few days to check in, right? Every day that we are waking up and, I don't know, do not doing the thing or doing the thing that we've given up or started doing, just, just, Align your heart with God's. How do I feel about this today? Is this, heaven forbid, easy today? Is this not so bad? Guys, that's something to be celebrated. Can I please encourage, if this has been easy for you, you do not have to be like, well, should have been harder. Man, I get sometimes that's a thing, right, that we might be thinking but maybe God's just giving you all the endurance and perseverance and joy you need in this. And that's pretty cool too. Don't just write it off as you didn't pick the right, pick the right thing. I trust the Holy Spirit in you. I trust it, that you know what God has told you. So ask yourselves, have these days been filled with shame or difficulty? Have I been avoiding the idea of Lent a little bit? Have I not thought about it at all? Why? I didn't practice Lent until I was like 30, guys. I didn't even think about it. It wasn't a thing I thought about. That's okay. Let's think about it today. That's all right. Let's just ask ourselves, hmm, I wonder what's going on. I wonder what's going on in my heart. God, show me. The great thing about curiosity is that it leads to experimentation. When we get really curious, we want to start experimenting, trying some things. So my kids do not come in the house when they are curious about something and say, hey, mom, what do you think would happen if we took our jump rope and we tied one end to a bicycle and we tied the other end to a skateboard and then one of us rode the bicycle, and the other one got on the skateboard, and we went down our giant hill in the road very fast. They're not asking me that. I go to the window, and I'm like, we're going to the emergency room today. It's like that, hi, emergency room, do you take reservations? It's like that, right? Like, um, okay, yeah, they're just, and you're kind of like, I don't have time to like get to you and tell you not to, and I'm just like hoping that you're not going to die they're not asking. They just have an idea. We got to try it. We got to do it. It's probably going to work out, right? Why do kids think tying ropes to things? Like, there's no consequence. Ropes are not, like, hard and long. They're, they're bendy. You're going to swing out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Why do we, we need to teach kids more physics, right, at a young age, I feel like. There would be less emergency room visits. I'm just saying. Right, guys? No. They're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep doing it. Okay, whatever. But we have to start asking ourselves what, not just what is, but what could be. That is the dream. That is the vision that the Spirit of God wants to place in your heart today. I'm sure of it. Not just what do I need to do more of, what do I need to do less in, of what could be. What, what is possible you know what I think? I'm making stuff up at this point. But you know what I think one of the things that God talked about Jesus with when he was in the wilderness? What was possible? He was setting a vision in his, in his spirit. He was setting a dream 
in his spirit, this, this is why we're doing this. Because we love humanity, because we love creation. And he was setting it in there. What is the dream and the vision of what could be about your relationship with God, about your family's relationship with God, about your family's relationship with each other, about your marriage, about your friendships, about the way you hear God's voice? What's possible? What have you been wanting? What have you seen other people have and go, gosh, I want that. I want to talk to God like that. I want to hear his voice like that. I want to be really in tune with his spirit like that. I want to obey like that. What do you want? What does God want to see? What does God want to do with you? And we can try it. We can say, I wonder what would happen if, if I let go, if I gave in, if I gave up this or that. What kind of Holy Spirit power is awaiting me? There is always more. Always. There is always more for us. We are not wired to just sit and contemplate until we turn blue. I am all for self-reflection. I love it. I think self-awareness is very important. I'm a big fan. But we also need to get comfortable with the experimentation that naturally follows this self-awareness. Like, what can I try? What can I do? I'm, this is the truth right now. This is what I want. How do I get there? And try different things. This is how we make space in the season for transformation. What if by spending time praying every day, we started to see miracles upon miracles happen? What if by spending more time with Jesus every morning, we began to look forward to those moments and cherish them? It didn't feel like a chore. We couldn't wait to talk to Jesus in the morning. What if we were no longer addicted to TV or our phones, please Jesus, and practiced presence with our families so much that we actually enjoyed every moment with them? When I'm not on my phone, I realized, and my, even if my kids are like watching TV, and I'm in the room with them. I won't get on my phone now, and I'll be like, this show's super weird, right? Like, they watch the weirdest stuff. I mean, the YouTube videos. The, and, but we just talk about it now, and it's hilarious. I'm like, they're like, Mom, oh, why do you have to analyze everything? I'm like, well, this is what we do now, because I'm not going to be on my phone. So I'm like, okay, there's a big plot hole in this My Little Pony movie. Like, what? What are they even, we're just supposed to suspend that much belief? I'm not down, okay? It's, it's honestly very fun. I'm having a lot of fun, and I'm not missing my phone. What if we cut off unhealthy obsessions with, like, food and stuff and could enjoy our things and feast with gratitude in our hearts and love for our bodies? What if God delivered us from addiction forever? What if we had no more addiction? Yes, that's a dream. Anybody else? Man, whatever it is, yes, please. What if we got to experience God's perfect power because we let him search out through our weakness? When we're honest about our weakness, God's power is made perfect. And that is good news. Let's dream some God dreams, guys. Let's think God's thoughts. Let's do and love the way God does. This is what freedom looks like. We do not need to find some balance. Like, I gotta, I gotta be really legalistic and striving, and I kind of want to be a little free. Nope, all freedom. All of it. All freedom all the time. Freedom may not look the way that we think it does. Sometimes freedom looks like, oh, I got to do this thing that I don't, but I know God wants me to do it. Sometimes it feels like that. But it is true freedom. Because, man, the outcome, the transformation, the kingdom power, that's the kind of freedom I want. God, God, I'm sorry, Rob. <laughs> Rob can come up. Where are you? I called you God. <laughs> I've, been, I've just been saying God a lot. I think you're wonderful. 
I know you're very uncomfortable with that. You are very humble when it comes to these things. I am not. Don't worry. <laughs> like, that's not what I meant to say. I just want us to spend a few minutes while Rob's kind of playing around and start to dream. Even if you've already started, if you've given up something for Lent or you've started doing something for Lent, I want you to begin to imagine what it could be like if this works. Right? Don't we sometimes go into this like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if anything's going to happen. What if something happens? What if something changes? What if there's like some cool transformation that we didn't even think about? What if there's some cool connection with God that we just, man, we didn't even know that was possible. We were just kind of doing this because this is like what we're supposed to do or something. I want you to, let's close our eyes and just kind of focus on what you are doing and say, God, what is possible? You've searched me. We've talked about it. I've given up or I've started some things. And what, what could happen because of this stuff? What could happen? Ask the Spirit to set some dreams in your heart. Guys, dream big. Let a, the, any dream that God sets in your heart is going to be big. Don't be afraid of it. Let him set those big dreams there. And if you haven't started something for Lent, if you weren't doing that, just take a minute and think of one area of your life that you just want to be better. Maybe you want to commune with God more. Maybe you want to feel more comfortable just sitting in silence with him or worshiping him. Maybe you want to spend more time with your family. Maybe you want to see some sort of transformation in people you love or in your family. Maybe you want to be free from, from addictive thoughts. Maybe you want to be free from something that has chained you down. What is that thing? And then imagine what it could be like if you saw the transformation in your life that is possible. What if the moment you said, hey, God, I want to talk today, man, he, you just felt his presence there. What if when you asked for wisdom, man, you just got it. It just came because you were open, because you've been practicing listening for the Spirit. What if you just need like patience with your kids and you imagine this, this just beautiful, harmonious relationship that like, man, there's there's imperfections, but we just really do repair well, or we love well, or we connect well. What does that look like? Start to dream about what you want. Start to dream about what God wants for you. And ask, what's something that I could begin to do, or that I could stop doing just just until Easter, to try it, to experiment, to see if something could be different, to let God move the way he wants to move, make space for him to transform what he wants to transform. Just sit and think. I just get the sense that somebody's fighting against a dream. They're like, it's not possible. They're fighting with doubt a little bit. Like, I just don't believe it could happen. That's too big. It's too hard. It's too far away. It's not. It's not too big for God. God, I pray that you would help us with our, with our unbelief. We believe that you can do amazing things, but help us with our unbelief. Help us believe. Help us to dream. Just embrace that dream that the Spirit is laying on your heart. Imagine what your day-to-day -day might be like 
when these dreams come true, these God dreams come true. Imagine your future 20 years from now. What this transformation can mean for that person, for that family, when God does what he wants to do. start to really give ourselves over to God dreams, when we really start to to wonder what could be, there is a joy and an excitement that wants to bubble up in us. And sometimes we want to tamp it down and we want to say like, oh, we got to, I got to be serious. I got to be serious about this. I got to do this thing. I got to be intense. I got to make sure I can make this happen. I just don't think that's God's heart for us at all. I think he wants us to enjoy this season of curiosity. He wants us to move forward with joy and with laughter and to say, yeah, that's possible. Yeah, that could happen. I am excited about that. I believe that that is true. I believe that I could be transformed. I was just talking about this with some friends last week. Do you ever notice kids run everywhere? They're like, I'm going to go get some water. They see their friends. Run. Like every time we walk up, like one friend runs out. They can't even wait for them to get to my kids to get to the drawer. They run out to get the kid. And then it's like, hey, did you know? And they're talking about 1,000 miles an hour. Kids are running constantly. I don't know how you guys have the energy for it. I think as we get older, we start to run a little less. When's the last time you ran? Yesterday I was playing, what's that, what's that game? Mrs. Mr. Fox, you do the time. I don't know. You run. That's the point. I was playing it with the girls, and we, like, had to run, and I was like, oh, gosh, I don't run. And even if we do, we do it for, like, serious reasons, like fitness and health, okay? We're not like, the ice cream truck, go get it. I want some of that excitement back, though, guys. Can you imagine how good it would feel if you walked into your house and your spouse was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're home. How was your day today? Was it so good? I'm so excited you're here. That's how our kids do it. What if we just ran into this season just excited? What could happen? Anything is possible. My kids are constantly like, dad, what'd you bring home? What are we going to do? What are we going to do tonight? What did you What did you do at work? What? I don't know. They don't know what's happening, but they're pretty sure that something exciting happened. I want to live my life expecting joy, expecting excitement, expecting goodness. That can be an expectation, and I want to run towards it. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm doing this Lent thing, and it's so hard, and I'm so sad all the time. We have been, we've begun even on Sundays to really be intentional about even singing like celebration worship songs. Sometimes we just get real, oh, we get real sad, guys, (laughs) which is okay. But man, sometimes we just sit, sit in that seriousness so much that we just miss out on some celebration. And I say we reclaim it, especially in the season that I think for so many people looks like solemnity. There is a space for that, absolutely. But this is also a season of feasting and joy, and I want it. And guess what? Sundays traditionally are the day of the feasting and the celebration in Lent, so let's do it. 
Let's bring it. I want to do that. This does not have to be torturous. Here's the thing I'll leave you with. What if Jesus actually enjoyed himself in the desert? I mean, we know he got ministered to by angels. That's a plus. But I think he enjoyed himself even before that. What if it was a time he held close to his heart? When crowds got so big, he could barely move. When people spewed hatred at him, he would think back to that wilderness time. Oh, that's why we're doing this. Yes, thank you. When so many seemed to be missing the picture, when so many couldn't see the God dream that Jesus had on his heart, he would look back at his time in the wilderness and smile. What if Jesus remembered the peace and the joy of that season and it gave him endurance and perseverance to carry on? It reminded him why he was here and and how he was going to do what he came to do. Guys, let's treat our season like this. This is, this is giving us the endurance and the perseverance and the dreams to carry on. Not just to make it through Easter, but we're going to be at the end of the summer. We're going to be two years from now. We're going to say, yes, I have what I need because God reminded me then. Right? That's how I want us to move forward in this season. That's how I think God wants us to move forward from this season. I promise this is not just an idea I have. I really feel like God has this for us. So I want to encourage us to run forward in the power and freedom that is offered to us. I'm going to pray for us, and then I think Chael's got something. Father, thank you so much for joy. Thank you so much that you just can see into our hearts. You can see all that we have hoarded and accumulated to try to feel safe and make our lives something that we think that we want them to be. And God, you just see it for what it is. Thank you for your honesty with us. Thank you that you don't withhold from us. Thank you for your loving challenge. Thank you that you challenge us, but then you walk with us. Thank you that you don't abandon us. God, your whole self your glorious, mighty, just-driven, perfect, perfect self is all we want, and it is all we need. And I just ask that you would let us move forward in this freedom with a joy that is astounding. I ask that you would make our sacrifices beautiful and joyous and celebratory, I ask that things would be uh, easier and more fun than we think they would be. I ask that the things that we do start doing, oh God, that they, that we just enjoy them so deeply. That we are excited about the joy we feel, that it surprises us. God, I just ask that you would release joy onto us right now. Release your joy. Release your celebration. Release your sense of feasting on us, God. We want to feast from you. We want to feast from your word. We want to feast from your presence. And I know you will not leave us. You will not abandon us. You will not forsake us. You have promised that you will walk forward with us, God. And we just say yes and amen. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I uh, just want to share just briefly. Um, it talks about in 1 Corinthians how when you're gathered together in a room like this, uh, that maybe there would be a, a, a word of prophecy and that two or three uh, at most should share. Uh, we oftentimes think about that in terms of kind of like a, a word from God that he spontaneously gives us in a moment to share. And I think that that's the right way to understand that scripture. However, um, there I think the same applies uh, to when we hear the word of God, just the word of God preached. 
preached. I just want to say, I think that Katie brought a word from the Lord for us today. Uh, and one of the reasons why that I, I believe that's the case uh, is because I have a real confirmation in my heart about some things that God was speaking to me about, the same things this week. Uh, so uh, just just as a way of, the, I, want to, I want to share this testimony as a way, because so you can hear it from two people. Uh, you can take it on Katie's word, but you can also take it when you have two people. So so this week, preparing for Lent, um, I was I was focusing on those last couple verses of Psalm 139, search my heart, and I, I'm preparing myself for God to lay on the heavy, you know, and, and like show me all the hard things, the bad things I'm doing, and walk in this like season of conviction. That's what I was prepared to do. Uh, as I was praying about God, what do you want this season to look like for me? He said, why don't you read the rest of the psalm? So I go back to the beginning of Psalm 139. And Psalm 139, if you haven't read it in a while, is the one where it talks about how vast God's thoughts are about you. That he knows you before you ever make a move, before you ever utter a word, before you ever have a thought. And I was like, that's cool, God, but what does it have to do with what we're doing right now? And he said, well, I thought you asked me to let your feelings align with my feelings, my heart to align, or your thoughts to align with my thoughts, and your actions to align with my actions. This is what I think about you. So here's what we're focusing in on Lent. We're focusing in on do your feelings about yourself, do your thoughts about yourself, and do your actions toward yourself align with what mine are towards you? That is not what I thought I would be doing, guys. If you know me, I'm like, let's do all the hard stuff. Let's get on our knees. Like, I should be a monk in like the 14th century. Like, you know, if there was like a whip I could hit myself with, I just love that kind of stuff. So, but that's not what God had in this season. I'm not saying that's like not what he has for, for you. Like maybe he's got something different. But for me, what he has is stepping into his thoughts and, and stepping into the joyful experience of knowing him. And, and in doing so, I've realized, man, my heart has been so, and my words and my thoughts have not been what God thinks about me. I've been lacking intimacy in my relationship with my heavenly father who knows me. As a result, that comes out in the way I treat the people around me and the way I think about the people around me because my heart is not like connected with the heart of my father like Katie was talking about was with Jesus in the wilderness. So then I can't have the power that God wants me to have. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I had these same exact thoughts this week. Katie and I did not talk about that aspect of, of this message. So I just want to encourage you that God is speaking and that he has something for you this week. And in this season, if you're willing to step into it, if you're willing to step in with some curiosity and, and step in and think what God has to think, to feel what God has to feel and to do what God has to do, maybe yours might be completely different than mine, but I think that God is stirring something up in us. So let's step in to the thing that he has. I don't care if you call it Lent or not. I don't care what you call it. I, let's do that. Let's just do God's word. Let's be a people who do the word of God. It's right there. There's a prayer that we, if we're praying, God, we want to seek your heart, then we want to say, God, would you seek ours? Amen? Amen. I want to let you know before you go that just real quick, because I forgot to mention it earlier, Easter Sunday morning, we will be having an Easter Sunday service. So make your plans now, Easter Sunday morning. It will be at the Volo Sportsplex up in Volo. We don't know exactly what all that's going to look like yet. It's going to be sometime in that 10 to 10.30-ish time zone, somewhere in there. But make, make be ready to invite people. We're going to pack that place out. It's going to be awesome. All right? Go and have a great week. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you, worship team. You guys are awesome.